everyone and welcome back to let's go on an adventure i hope everyone's doing great and i hope everyone has been I, I wouldn't say eagerly waiting for an update because i've been kind of on and off and everything like that but i'm here uh i'm excited to keep going uh and continuing this podcast now that we've been doing this for about a year now and so i'm excited to try to get more on schedule to get more popped out and everything like that um interesting development i may actually be moving to another state here in the next few months so i'm going to do my best to try to get as many of these preset and sent out before that happens so that way if and when it does happen um there that lag that will be there i can be posting it once i get everything set up and taken care of um so today's is going to be a little bit different in the aspect of I'm doing essentially a review and conversation in one uh, on at least four books. So a series uh, that is now technically continuing, but not continuing. It's it's a weird paradigm. Um, and it is going to be none other than our 16-year-old heartthrob book series known as Twilight. Yes, I'm going there. So, and the reason why I'm going there is because I was thinking the other day, you know, as someone who's, you know, out of the Twilight phase for over a decade and such, why we loved it so much and looking back, why we feel so embarrassed about, you know, being so into Twilight. So, let's get into it. So, the Twilight series, for those who have never read them or never, you know, tried to get into them, it's definitely a romanticized vampire series for teenage girls. I'm going to say it's definitely directed towards teenage girls. Um, it is written in a first-person point of view or a POV view of the main character, Bella, where it's her dialogue uh, describing everything that's going on telling everyone what's going on, telling the reader how things happen and such. And she is a teenage girl who moved from Arizona to Forks, Washington. Funny enough, I live like seven hours from Forks, Washington, because I live on Eastern Washington, but I digress. And how she basically went from sunny Arizona to really gloomy Washington, North Peninsula type area. And how the first people she essentially meets when going to school happens to be a vampire family the cullens which you know of course she doesn't know that they're vampires nobody knows that they're vampires you know quote unquote just knows that they're very different they uh are very pasty which granted it's northern washington where that's normal because there's no sun like half the time there's no sun it's always rainy it's always cloudy whatever anybody who's been to washington knows that the weather is chaotic uh the western side is very rainy very green um but very rainy very gloomy in essence whereas the eastern side is uh more desert like like literally once you cross the cascades it's a completely different um environment very dry very hot uh the weather is very much chaotic you never know what you're gonna get but anyways, so she's in this new town of Forks, Washington, trying to make new friends and everything, which she kind of sort of does. One of them's kind of a backstabber, but, you know, we, we won't talk about that. We all have that one friend, right? Where we make that friend that we think is a friend, but later they just kind of backstab us. They were really only friends with us because we were the new kid. That kind of thing. Forks, Washington is very small, by the way. So the school is small. There's like maybe a total of 
500 students for the whole high school, you know, freshman through senior. So it's, it's not very big. And she's transferring in as essentially a junior, if I remember right. But anyways, she basically meets the family, the Cullens, and she is in enamored, we'll go with that, by the son known as Edward Cullen. There is a bunch of Cullens. There is, oh my goodness, I like totally blanked on all of their names. Alice, Jasper, Emmett, Edward, Rosalie as the quote-unquote children. And then there is Carlisle and Esme, who are the, like, showcase of parents. Now, don't get me wrong, these, they're not terrible people and everything like that. They're vampires, but they are what are, they call themselves vegan or vegetarian vampires because they don't drink human blood. They feast and survive off the blood of animals because they don't want to kill people and they don't want to turn other people into vampires. They each have their own unique story, which I truly, truly wish, um... Stephanie Meyer would actually divulge more into their stories and their backgrounds. I think it would do very well. Um, but anyways, she's enamored by Edward. She figures out that they're vampires, no matter how much she tries to kind of hide it. She kind of figures it out because she... They kind of both stalk each other from what I gather from how they talk to each other. She kind of stalks him in more of a, you know, emotional I'm stalking you in school kind of thing. And then doing my own research at home because things aren't adding up. And they figure it out. He's a glittery vampire. Yes, I did say glittery. This is why I say it's more of a romanticized vampire type story. Because any story that we have heard, vampires don't sparkle. But they start this relationship. The majority of the family accepts her, except for one, which is Rosalie. Uh, they don't have any issues until there's this rogue vampire group that comes in. Um, that decide that they want to cause trouble in Forks. They start hunting people in Forks. And one in particular, James and Victoria, sorry, James, Victoria being his mate. But James is the one who's like, you know what? I'm going to cause even more problems. Starts essentially going after Bella because they, he realizes Bella is human. And for some reason, the Cullens are very protective over her. And he doesn't like that. It goes against their nature. So he essentially tries hunting her. And... So she comes up with some story with her dad and is like, I got to leave. I got to go back home. I don't like it here. Blah, blah, blah. Where obviously it was a lie. It was just the colons trying to take her to a safe place, which of course doesn't work because she falls for a trap that James sets up of calling her and making it sound like it's her mom, you know, in trouble uh, just to kind of lure her out to a old ballet studio. Uh, where a big fight ensues, she bleeds, almost dies, um, but they get to her hospital in time, blah, 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 and things go well. That's literally the synopsis of book one. Book two, more drama, you know, your teenage angst drama happens. Um, on her birthday, she cuts her finger and uh, bleeds a little bit, and Jasper kind of goes on to a blood frenzy and almost kills her. Um, and they had to get her out of there and get him out of there and everything like that. Edward gets racked with guilt that this happened and everything like that. And basically breaks up with her and then disappears, which puts her in a depressive spiral. She doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to eat. She doesn't want to leave her room. Um, she doesn't know what to do. She essentially 
writes to Alice, even though she knows Alice won't answer, basically as something to be, you know, cathartic and everything. The whole teen angst of, you know, your first big breakup of a big relationship, because at this point they've dated for about a year. All right. Now, during this time, she has a friend named Jacob, who's actually part of uh, one of the Indian tribes there. I don't want to say Lakoi, but that's not right. It starts with a Q. Um, anyways, he comes around. He tries to kind of pull her out of the slump. And they both kind of start falling for each other a little bit. But it's more one-sided. She knows that she he's essentially using him to get back to her regular self. Whereas he is actually falling for her. Uh, at one point, she starts doing these like adrenaline-type rush activities. Because every time she does, she essentially hallucinates about Edward. So she does cliff, uh, cliff diving, anything to get close to that point to where she starts hallucinating and seeing him doing dangerous things, basically uh, riding a motorcycle and crashing um, just different things. And Jacob starts realizing this, this isn't good and starts freaking out on her. And then he also disappears, putting her into another spiral. Cause now she's losing another person Well, he disappears. Cause come to find out Jacob is essentially a werewolf, but a different type of werewolf. There is the werewolves that you see in like Harry Potter, where it's obvious that they're, you know, weird, but these are more like shapeshifter werewolves. Think of more of like, not so much, you know, werewolf going to go bite you and turn you into werewolf, but more of a person that shapeshifts into a wolf and like a gigantic wolf. Like think of a dire wolf kind of essentially. And it's not the whole tribe select few of the tribe, but a few of them are have these essentially spiritual powers, we'll call them. And he's one of them. And he was trying to push her away because if he transforms near her, gets angry, he could actually hurt her. Something that has happened to one of the other members of the tribe and his wife, which she meets. And just so now she's involved in this whole sort of crazy thing. Well, she's starting to kind of get better. And then Alice shows up out of nowhere, freaking out because she heard what she had been doing about doing crazy stuff and everything. Had been seeing visions because she can see the future of her like jumping and then just going black and not being able to see her future and everything like that. Uh, come to find out it was just she was cliff driving cliff diving and she's like you're being stupid and then she's like okay you didn't come back here just to tell me i'm stupid what's going on well because alice had seen her future essentially flatline um she had said something to edward and edward freaked out thinking basically that bella was gone and went to the group known as the voltori which is the head of vampires if you will and basically wants to kill himself they wouldn't do it because they appreciate his powers of mind reading essentially and they look at him as more of a prize and don't want to see such talents go to waste so to try to get them to kill him he has plans of basically exposing himself now by exposing himself i don't mean naked no I mean going out into the sun and letting himself sparkle in front of a bunch of humanoid people now the volturi as funny as it is guess where they live in transylvania where they have a festival every year for essentially vampires and everything, you know, for the geeks and all that. Which the Volturi, the Volturi are not vegan. They feed on people. They basically kidnap people that are part of this, you know, festival. They bring them as a group, you know, for a tour and everything. And they feast on them. Now the Volturi are very powerful because they all have their own gifts and everything like that. And more powerful than most. So Bella goes back with Alice. They go and, you know, stop Edward from doing something super stupid. Um, but the Volturi hear that she's there. 
they bring them all down and everything like that. And come to find out, Bella actually has ability herself where none of their powers can touch her. Edward can't read her mind, which we already knew. Alice can see her future, but any like negative power can't touch th touch her. Um, the leader of the Volturi, I can't think of his name, uh, can't, you know, read anything off of her. Um, just none of them. They ca they can't do anything. Um, and it both intrigues and infuriates them. So they basically say that, you know. They, a human can't, you know, know of their existence and everything. Alice shows them a future where uh, Bella is not human, but is indeed a vampire. And they're like, okay, well, this is obviously going to happen. So we'll be checking in. You can go now. That kind of thing. Go back home. Edward's back. Blah, blah, blah. She gets back, you know, together with him, which obviously devastates Jacob. And essentially that's book two. New moon. Book three is called Eclipse. Bunch of stuff happens in Eclipse. Our old friend Victoria, you know, James's mate, is back causing trouble. She is basically creating herself an army to uh, take out the Cullens because she's pissed. Absolutely enraged the fact that they killed James and everything. So she's causing trouble. And during this time, uh, Bella has been pushing and pushing Edward about being turned into a vampire because obviously she doesn't meet, you know, isn't meant to be human. So you just do this, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, at some point, I don't remember if it's at the end of New Moon or end of Eclipse. I'm pretty sure it was at the end of New Moon where he basically proposes to her. So they're essentially engaged, but haven't told anybody. She's like, well, if we're engaged, I might as well be vampire, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he basically gives her the time frame of just, you know, give me until graduation because they're not graduated yet. They're not, they're, they're not out of high school yet. So the time frame is graduation. And during this time, she has not really seen much of Jacob. Jacob has no idea what's going on. Except that, you know, she's married and everything. Or going to get married. And that's all he knows. But during this time, so more and more vampires are skulking around. Now the werewolves are shapeshifters and the Cullens have to work together. And these two types of species are essentially sworn enemies. So you can imagine the tension that is going on here. Um... Edward is trying to keep Bella safe because he knows she is really the target. So every time she will cross over into uh, basically shapeshifter territory, they protect her and everything. She comes back. He's grumpy because he smell she smells like Jacob or smells like, you know, shapeshifter. Jacob always, you know, grumpy because he smells, you know, like, you know, death because that's what apparently the vampires smell like. And then on... The day that they know that there's going to be a final battle, essentially, where both sides are going to start kicking each other's butts um, of evil vampires and shapeshifters and good vampires. So Cullens and the shapeshifters, they have to camp out basically in a tent and it's freezing and it drives Edward nuts because Edward is his touch is ice. So it doesn't help. So she basically has to snuggle up with Jacob, who is his own little furnace, and it drives him crazy at the fact that this is something that he can't give her. He also knows that he can't give her children and that's something that she has thought about and everything like that, but knows that Jacob can. And so they're essentially trying to put each other's hate for each other's side and know that they're just trying to do whatever's best for Bella. A huge battle ensues, you know, they, you know, take care of Victoria and everything. They live happily ever after. They start planning the wedding for Bella and Edward, which happens in book four. Book four is by far the thickest and baddest book because it's split in kind of like two spots. 
you have part one and then part two. Now, in part one, you have split dialogues where you have Bella's point of view and then it jumps to Jacob's point of view. Now, the wedding happens. Jacob shows up last minute, but he doesn't realize that she has made plans to essentially turn into a vampire and it's going to happen after graduation and after, you know, honeymoon and, or after the honeymoon. And he's kind of goes berserk and they have to get him out of there so he doesn't transform they go on their honeymoon in this beautiful little island and he is doing everything he can edward is doing everything he can basically not to sleep with her like that's something that she wants she's obviously a virgin okay she's never slept with anyone so she's really excited about this aspect of marriage and he's just not giving it to her she's packed all the sexy things like all you know sexy clothing and everything and he's doing everything he can every day to essentially tire her out so that way when they get back to the villa, she just passes out. So it's kind of entertaining. He's just trying to do everything he can to just make sure she passes out. And then finally she has enough. And she's like, look, you got to trust me. And his whole thing is he's afraid that he's going to hurt her. And she's like, it's going to be fine. It's like, I'm stronger than you think. Stop treating me like glass. Let's do this. And so, of course, sexy time does happen. Now, he does bruise her. And they find she wakes up and there's feathers everywhere. Apparently he bit one of the pillows and tore it open. And he's freaking out because he that could have been her. And she's sitting here going, I don't know what you're talking about. This was the best night of my life. And I'm ready for round two. <laughs> and he's like, no, blah, blah, blah. And then he starts cooking. She eats some food. And for some reason, the food, she starts getting really nauseous. And she goes to the bathroom and throws up. She touches her stomach and she realizes her stomach feels kind of weird and essentially looks in the mirror and notices that her stomach's not normal. She, it looks almost like she's gained weight. She's like, that's kind of impossible because I've been doing this. Is like, I've been exercising this whole time I was here. There's no way I could have gained weight in the like week that I've been here with all the hiking and all the stuff that he's been having me do, right? The maid comes in and she like drops what she has and looks at her, her face really pale, and she says the word, uh, uh, she says something in Spanish and she doesn't understand what she's saying. And Edward comes around. He's like, what's going on basically. And then he talks to her in Spanish and he's like, you're kidding. And she touches Bella's tummy and she says Mirta, which means death essentially. And come to find out she's pregnant and she's already showing. And so Edward is doing everything he can in a panic calls Carlisle. Um, everything like that and tells him what's going on and the impossibilities of it and what's going on. And this whole time Bella is like just in shock, just staring going, Oh my God, I'm pregnant. How is this possible? Kind of thing. And she's like, why are you freaking out? You know, thinking that this is kind of like a miracle. And he's like, we got to get that thing out of you. And she starts getting offended. Basically like that thing, this is our baby kind of thing. He's like, no, you don't understand that thing is going to kill you. And she's getting uh, upset and, like, starting to freak out because he's sitting here thinking, you know, essentially abortion. You know, got to abort this thing, got to get rid of it, but in a different way because they don't know what they're dealing with. This is obviously not a full human baby. And so she does the unthinkable and kill calls Rosalie, of all people. Now, I'm not giving a whole lot of e detail, obviously, in this whole series. I'm kind of giving a brief synopsis, but her and Rosalie have never fully gotten along. Uh, Rosalie feels like that she's her giving up mortality is a mistake because she's giving up a bunch of things that she never could have, such as having, you know, the white picket fence, the babies, the whatever like that. So she calls Rosalie and she's like, 
this is what's going on. I'm panicking because this is what Edward is planning on doing. I don't know what to do and everything like that. And basically they form a temporary alliance, if you will, to the point where when they get back home, she runs to Rosalie and Rosalie protects her from Edward and says, you're not going to touch the baby without her consent kind of thing. And which puts Edward in a tizzy, but that is based off of what Edward tells Jacob. So it's at this point that the story starts swish, swishes point of views. And you have Jacob's point of view. You hear that Jacob is essentially like a beta for the pack where Sam, another shapeshifter is the alpha of the pack and all this kind of stuff happens, which at all actuality, it should be Jacob due to uh, lineage and everything. But Jacob's like, I don't want it. Blah, blah, blah. Um, he finds out what's going on, gets to the Colin's house and sees Bella and Edward wasn't wrong. This baby is literally draining her because it's part vampire. So it's sucking out, sucking its own blood or the blood from Bella, everything. And just taking, she looks sickly. She looks like she's damn near on death. It's crazy looking. Now, Jacob, when he sees her kind of freaks out and his first thought is she's already a vampire kind of thing. And it's like, no, it's not that it's, this is the situation. Edward actually pulls him aside and Edward looks like he's aged, which is almost impossible as a vampire. So Jacob can't help, but you know, relish in that fact that, you know, he's suffering too. So ha 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 kind of thing. You took my girl, that kind of mentality. And Edward tells them like, look, you've got to try to convince her to get rid of this thing. It is killing her. And Jacob's like, I don't know what you want to do. So like, I don't know what you want me to do kind of thing. And he basically tries to make this deal that if she wants children so bad, he can, she can have them and she can basically sleep with Jacob to get them and everything like that. Basically be kind of like a thruple if need be. And Jacob does not necessarily like this idea, but kind of likes it because that means he gets Bella and he gets to have children with Bella, even though she's married to someone else. So it's not a great deal, but it's kind of a happy medium for him. But he's like, you know, she won't go for that. She's not going to do it. And he's like, we have to try. We have to. This thing is killing her. It is breaking bones in her, which it has. This baby has broken a rib or two and everything like that. And the idea has come up that Bella has figured out is this baby, when it comes to labor, that when they deliver the baby, that they will just inject uh, Edward's uh, essentially venom, what turns you into a uh, uh, vampire, into her. Like, into her heart, everything, and turn her into a vampire, basically, on the, uh, on her verge of death while she delivers the baby. And it's absolutely crazy. Well, at this point, the rest of the pack, Jacob's pack, is now freaking out, saying, well, this could be a possible abomination. It has to be eradicated. It can't be allowed to live, blah, blah, blah. And Jacob's like, we can't. This is Bella and everything like that. And Sam starts throwing his weight around as, quote, unquote, alpha and says, you will fall in line and you will do as you're told. And Jacob and him fight. And then Jacob, and, as well as two other pa uh, members of the pack, go to protect the Cullen household. Ed won't allow anything to happen to it and everything like that. And then Jacob uh, on the verge of about ready, basically to fighting them, the baby is born and Jacob sees the baby and like something clicks and he essentially imprints on her, which essentially saved the baby's life. If you think about it, because Sam is about ready to kill it. And not only does uh, 
the fact that he's imprinted on the baby save her, but it makes him look at Sam and be like, you will step down. I am alpha. So it's like, oh no. Cause you can't, you can't go after, um, a, a pack members imprint their mate or whatever. Cause that's essentially what they are or anything like that. And so that protects the baby. Now, Bella does almost die. The plan almost doesn't work. Baby tears up her body coming out. They literally have to uh, cut the baby out. And there's no anesthesia. There's no way to numb this and everything like that. To the point where Bella's heart actually stops. So when they inject the venom, they don't know if it's actually going to work. But then they, after three days, they see her body change. And they see life actually come back into her uh, and by life, I mean like vampire life. <laughs> she doesn't look haggard. She looks glorious. She looks like a model, essentially. And when she opens her eyes, her eyes are red. So, because, you know, she gets blood. And at that point, the that's part one of the book. Part two comes in and it switches over back to Bella's point of view of her new life as a vampire and things that happen. She dang near kicks Jacob's rear end for imprinting on her baby and freaks out, like, literally throws him out of the house. Because she has new new uh, strength and everything. Like, she could destroy anything. She has newborn strength. And <laughs> Jacob's like, it's not what you think it is. It's not, it's like, it just means that I'm going to protect her. It's nothing weird. It's nothing creepy. And she's freaking out. She's like, that's my baby. I haven't even gotten a chance to hold her. And you think you can have some sort of claim to her. And instead of stopping it, Edward's sitting there just kind of laughing, going, this is kind of entertaining. You know, kind of like karma kind of thing but jacob looks at her and goes this just means i will still be able to be in your life like i will be there to always protect her to protect you guys all of you and everything like that so things simmer down they start to get back in the role with the baby which they name renesme a mixture of renee and esme of the two moms um our grandmoms now and they have to explain to <laughs> Explained to her dad without explaining to her dad that she's a vampire, but she's not a vampire and that she had a baby within like a month <laughs> that looks like a two year old. And they're like, look, don't ask too many questions. We can't explain a lot, but guess what? You're a grandpa kind of thing. Well, a few to a little bit of time passes and apparently someone, uh, one of the uh, clans that they are very close with that lives in the Seattle happens to see her with the baby and they think something completely different and next thing you know the Voltori want to come into their backyard and basically come kill the Cullen family because they feel they have broken one of the laws and one of the laws was creating infant vampires or, or children vampires because they can't control anything and it basically something happened years ago where a female vampire wanted children so she made uh took babies that essentially were dying and infants and turned them into vampires and it created chaos. Um, and so they have to prove to the Volturi that Renesmee is completely different. She's not what they think that they are. And more craziness ensues in that. I am not going to divulge in that. I'm going to let you figure it out if you haven't read it. Now, the reason why I look back personally and not just me i've known many other people who've looked back at their you know teenagers and twilight and they go oh god i can't believe i was into that this story is very much romanticized obviously and when you read it you know that it's totally directed towards a teenage girl like straight up directed towards teenage girls the <laughs> the tropes the romanticism the you know 
you're a vampire. I know. Are you okay with it? I love you for who you are kind of aspect. I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrible. And looking back into it, the, her, her way she talks and everything like that, both in the book and even in the movies, in the movies, I think we look back and we go, God, we hate this because we see ourselves so much in it as the teenage girl, as the, you know, shy, uh, yeah, this is, you know, me. Um, yeah, sure. Okay. That kind of person, <laughs> which she portrayed really well. If you think about it, we look back and I remember being as a teenager being like, she's not a great actor. And looking back now as an adult, it's like, nope, she pegged a teenage girl really well. I mean, that's kind of how we were. And I think we're embarrassed by that because this was a very millennial type of movie series. And it was, it was very much aimed towards the teenage females and i've reread the books in more recent in the last few years and i'm like it you know what for its demographic it did well i understand why it did well what i don't understand now is so stephanie meyer is continuing the series but she's going backwards because it's a pov type of book from one per you know point of view she has gone back and has rewritten them from the other point of view so instead of from bella's point of view it's now edward's point of view and i think it's midnight sun that it is so there's another one also where she basically redid twilight but you know with a female vampire male human and it was like eh, from what i've heard i haven't read it don't plan on picking it up um but midnight sun i'm actually kind of curious about because midnight sun was rumored to happen years ago and she put some chapters i guess on a fan page and someone stole them and so she wasn't going to continue it and now she has continued it so i'm actually kind of curious about it because it's everything that was happening with Edward from that time frame and where he was at, what was going on in his head during that time, uh, why he freaked out the way he did. So that aspect I'm kind of curious of. However, I really wish that she would hurry up and finish that. And if she's going to continue Twilight to do the character backstories, like Alice has a very interesting rumored one. Alice can see things. Alice is from like the early 1920s. She was put into an asylum by her father or her stepfather and had to go through some crazy stuff through there before she was turned into a vampire. Um, Jasper, we know a little bit that he was part of the, not world wars, but the civil war. And he was on one side where he was turned into a vampire and he was part of like an also vampire war that was involved with that. Um, Carlisle, we know he dates back to like medieval times or somewhere in there and where, you know, his kind was chased after and they were killed and then he was bit by one. And if he was, you know, found, he would have been killed, became a doctor to actually save lives and such like that. Um, Esme, we know that she was really sick, but we don't know much of her backstory. Emmett, all we know is that Rosalie found him after a bear attack. Rosalie, we know, was um, essentially killed by her... Uh, soon to be husband her fiance she was promised a beautiful life and then she found her husband drunk with uh, his friends and they essentially raped and left her for dead in the road um and carlisle saved her and she exacted revenge on him but that's all we know about them we know edward was um changed during the spanish flu and that he got really sick his parents were dead we don't know anything more up to that point 
And I think it would be really interesting to actually know more about those characters. Alice in, sp in particular, she's going to have the most interesting backstory. I want to know why Emmett was up in the woods. Um, but And then the other vampires that they introduce later. Carlisle was part of the Volturi for a point and then left because he just was not for what they were doing. Um, more about the Volturi, how they were founded, how they were created. Um, uh, uh, Tanya and her clan, the one in Seattle, her and her sisters, her mother, their mother was killed because she was the one who was creating, you know, the infants. But what about before that? How did they all become uh, a clan and such like that? There's so much more material that she could give outside of just rewriting uh, Twilight. And I would like to see her do that. On top of that, she still had the two promised books for Host that was supposed to be a trilogy. And that hasn't happened yet. So there's so much other material that she could be doing instead of redoing Twilight, which is what she's milking right now. But if she's going to milk it, go for character stories. She did do one that was introduced um, during... Eclipse, there was one particular vampire that was there for a small chapter. Her name is Brie Tanner, and she was killed. But Brie Tanner actually has her own little character book. Um, why she was important, why she was, you know, there, how she got turned and everything like that, and why she knew she was going to die and still spoke up, essentially. And that's, I think, important. It's relevant. It's It wasn't just a character that was there and then disappeared. Uh, the character that she created, that Victoria created and then basically had lead that her little army. What did she do to convince him? What in type of state of mind was he when he was turned into a vampire? Was he on death's door or was he like an orphan? Was he in a bad foster home? I mean, what? There's so much that could be explained that I think she should explain that hasn't been. So she has so much more material that she could use outside of redoing Twilight, which is what she's doing right now. So I would prefer and I would love to see that. We'll see what happens. She has time um, to do that. But um, I don't know. I, I, I would rather as much as the point of view, you know, the change of point of view is an interesting concept and idea. It's still Twilight. It's just Twilight in reverse, really, or Twilight on the opposite side. Uh, except if she's going to do that, might as well do Jacob's too. And now we have basically a 12 book series one of each different point of view and that's now now you're kind of going a little too far just just a little bit but that's just my point of view that's just my uh, opinion on the subject but that's what we're all about here right that's all what we're all about my opinion on this book to share with you to see what you think and go from there so that's all I got for you guys today. I hope you enjoyed this one. This is by far probably the longest podcast I've done for you guys. And maybe we'll continue more on this type of scope where I read it and I break it down more like this and do a discussion instead of separating that out. But we'll see. Um, I hope you guys had a wonderful spring break. I hope you had a wonderful Easter or a star, however you celebrate. Um, and I can't wait to bring you on another adventure if this one didn't take you on one, which I would be surprised if it doesn't. However... If you want to reminisce, in, you know, your teenage years, Twilight was a fun series at one point. And if it doesn't take you on your next adventure, the next one, I hope, will. Have a good one, guys.